Welcome to the Tilted Halo. This is a new podcast and it's for anybody who's a woman in ministry. You might be a pastor like myself, a bishop, a priest, a rabbi, music minister, elder, children's minister, whatever your title is, you're absolutely in the right place, especially if you're someone who loves your ministry and you're doing it well and you're feeling pressure to sometimes be perfect and deep down inside, you know you're not. And how in the world to deal with that? And men, you're absolutely welcome here too because this is about ministry and the same thing can happen to you. So you're all in the right place. Let's get started with the show. The world's not always the happy place. That's not anything new. All we got to do is turn on the news and we see all kinds of problems that are happening. Things that we don't like, things that are not nice, things that are sometimes very downright terrible. And sometimes those things happen to us. And then the question is, how do we stay positive, if we can even call it that, in such a negative world? Um, The recent news stories as I'm talking to you, has been about um, people who have just very innocently um, done some things, like turned around in somebody's driveway, um, rang the wrong doorbell, got the wrong address, rang the wrong doorbell, um, or just went to the wrong car in a parking lot. And each time those individuals were shot, And one of those individuals ended up dying in the midst of that, in those situations. And, you know, it's like our world has gotten to the point where everybody's afraid of everybody else. And things are so negative and so, like, (sighs) protecting my own and caring only about what's in it for me and being so self-focused or protecting our families, that which is also there too, but being so inwardly focused that everything and everybody outside of that becomes a threat and a danger. What are we supposed to do in the midst of that? Um, we're called on by God to love all people, and it gets pretty hard when that's what we see. So how to to change that. I had to figure that out for myself at one point in time. Um, Very important point. It was something I've referred to in previous episodes, um, both last season and this one, where I talked about some of my story. And part of that was um, being told that my services were no longer required, no longer going to be accepted at the one congregation, at the congregation I was serving at the time, and that I was leaving one way or the other, either voluntarily by resigning or by being fired. I was leaving. And I chose to resign, but that also meant that the congregation was going to give me a farewell reception. So on the last Sunday I was there, and this was between some of the 
there were three services and it was between a couple of the services. And I remember standing in my office ready to go to the fellowship hall where this reception was taking place and having some really mixed feelings. There was part of me that just didn't want to go at all. There was another part of me that wanted to go and tell people what I thought of the new senior pastor, which would not have been complimentary right then, to say the least. And um, and then there was part of me that also realized that if I did either of those, I would not be able to receive the thanks and the caring from people who might really want to give that to me and genuinely say thank you. And I knew that there would be people like that, and I knew there were people who I wanted to say goodbye to. So I had to make a choice. Did I just not show up or go in and release some of the anger and the pain that was in me or go there and be open to the people who wanted to express care. I chose the third, thankfully, and I went and I really did receive very gratefully and gracefully um, from many, many people. And I got to say goodbye to some people that way too, very graciously. Um, and it was because I chose to see that opportunity before me as a way to um, receive as well as give thanks and gratitude. I wasn't really consciously thinking of it that way at that time, but in looking back at it, that's what was going on. And it was not long after that that I um, uh, read a book, which I've mentioned before as well, called Happiness is a Choice by Barry Neal Kaufman. And towards the beginning of the book, he writes, the way we choose to see the world creates the world we see. That sometimes sounds like, you got to be kidding me, that's absolutely, positively hogwash. Um but yet, it is absolutely true. We can find evidence for anything we want in this world. We can find evidence for everything that's wrong, everything that's bad about any person or any situation. We can find that. And with the internet these days, it's very easy to find those things. We can also find the good. We can find the good opportunities within a situation. We can find the good in any person if we choose to look. Sometimes we got to look a little hard, but we can always see that. It's there. The way we choose to see the world, and it is a choice, creates the world we see. So how do we stay more positive in this world. And part of that goes with uh, something that I've been learning about 
more recently, is something called positive psychology. And positive psychology, um, uh, Marty Seligman uh, is, Martin Seligman, uh, Dr. Seligman, is seen by many people as the father of positive psychology, which is basically goes back to 1998. Uh, And he says positive psychology has three aims. Uh, It's as concerned with a person's strengths as with their weaknesses, unlike traditional psychology, which mainly looks at normal people and the weaknesses that are there and tries to bring them back to normal. But positive psychology looks at, starts at with what's normal and looks at also the strengths. Um, and it says, interested in building on the best of things in life as it is with repairing any of the worst. And it says, concerned with making lives the lives of normal people fulfilling and nurturing to the highest possible level for that individual. So those are the concerns of positive psychology. And he describes three happy lives. There's the pleasant life. That's um, finding as much positive and emotional enjoyment in life as possible. You know, that's the kind of things that You know, the commercials tell us you buy this car and you'll be happy. You buy this toothpaste and you'll look great. You know, whatever it is, that's part of the pleasant life. There's the good life, which is um, crafted where we identify the strengths and engage with others uh, and work um, has flow. That's where we get into our work and kind of time just stops. We're not conscious of it at any time, and time just disappears in a sense. And we get into something, and it can just flow out of us type of thing. And then third, there is the meaningful life, um, where we know our strengths and um, use them for something greater than ourselves. So those are the three happy lives, and we each work to deal with all of those Uh, And the goal is for us to have that meaningful life and some of the engagement uh, in the the second level of life. And then the pleasant life is kind of the cherry on top. So those are all of the good things wrapped together. Um, the, The whole idea of positive psychology is that we take and see life, and see the good, and work with the negatives, but always to build up to something more meaningful, more desirable. And one of the things that brain science has taught us is that in our brain, there are things called neurons. That's Those are things that connect and help um, the connections happen within our brains, uh, certain cells like that. And that we have some of those neurons are called mirror neurons, like uh, looking in a mirror. And those are very powerful parts of our brain. Because when we see something that's negative, somebody who's angry, somebody who's um, unhappy, we're more likely to become angry or unhappy ourselves. But we also know, you know, we'd say yawns are contagious. 
And that's because of these mirror neurons. Uh, laughter is contagious because of mirror neurons. We see somebody yawning and we start to yawn. We see somebody laughing and we can start to laugh too. I've, um, one of my favorite YouTube little videos that I've ever watched, and I don't spend a lot of time watching them, but I've seen this one more than once, is of a, a guy who gets on um, like a subway car or a train and he's watching something on his cell phone and um, he starts to laugh out loud. And it's the kind of laughter that he just can't contain. He starts to laugh. And there are people in the subway car who start looking at him like, what's going on with you? Like, you know, everybody's supposed to be in their own little cocoon and don't bother me with what's going on. And they start looking at him and some of them start smiling. And pretty soon that laughter starts rippling through the whole car. And it turns out sooner Sooner rather than much later, everybody in there is smiling or laughing because the laughter is contagious. That's part of mirror neurons working in us and the power that they have in us. So that means that somebody in our midst who is negative, who's, you know, we all know somebody like that. It might be a family member, it might be somebody in our faith community, it might be somebody at our job or wherever we go, who's always kind of like the crabby person. Oh, yeah, well, you know, somebody comes in and happy, and then there's the other person over there who's crabby, and before you know it, everybody in that circle is kind of grumpy and crabby, and tensions rise. But if you bring in somebody who's happy and joyful that can also change the whole mood of the area. And they have the power to shift that as well. So some of this has to do with something called our mindset as well as these mirror neurons. Um, mindset is defined uh, as uh, the lens or frame of mind which orients an individual to a particular set of associations or expectations. That's a big fancy definition. But it's kind of how we see the world, how we choose to see the world. And uh, Carol Dweck is somebody who's done a lot of work with mindset. She has a book called Mindset, in fact. And She's described two basic kinds of mindset. One is a fixed mindset, and that's the kind of um, person who withdraws in the face of challenge. They believe that the way something is, is the way it's always going to be. Um, if it's been this way before, it's always going to be that way. In a congregation, it's the kind of attitude where something didn't work in the past, it's never going to work. Nothing remotely close to that will ever work in the future. Uh, or that person is always the one who's going to complain about something. That's a fixed mindset. Um, and that they see themselves as having fixed levels of skills and abilities. There's only one way to understand someone or something. The other kind of mindset is a growth mindset. That's the person who loves the challenge. That's the uh, attitude of 
Why waste time looking smart when you can get smarter? There's always something more. Um, This is the mindset that values teamwork. It's um, a way of seeing failure not as the absolute worst thing, but as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get better and to do something more, to learn from that and improve. It's a mindset that sees people and personalities as changeable. Uh, Things can happen and change. And that every skill and ability we currently have, we can always grow in that. Now, the reality is we all have both of those mindsets. And we may have a fixed mindset about one thing, uh, one area, and a growth mindset in other areas, uh, and that kind of thing. So it's recognizing when we're seeing things as fixed and not movable, and that's just the way it is type of attitude, or seeing possibilities. And the thing is, we can change our mindset. So those are uh, important things. Um, One of the things uh, Dr. Carol Dweck talks about is the power of yet. And she uses a description of a school where it was seen as a, a, a failure, a school that was totally failing in in every aspect. And a new principal came in and he brought in the idea of, well, that's where we are, but we're not, we're getting better. We're just not there yet. Not yet type of idea. And it opened up the way to more growth and more possibilities. And that school became a shining example in their district from being a total absolute failure uh, school to being a shining example that many schools have studied and go for. So what does this mean for us as a faith community and faith leaders? We have the power. The message of faith that we bring has the power to either criticize and judge people, to see people as fixed and unmovable, as always damaged, always sinful, whatever term you might want to use, or we have the power to bring in the grace of God and God's love to see it open and possibility for growth. And maybe, yeah, they're not the greatest in some areas. They're not there yet, but there's the possibility. And if we help people shift that mindset, we can be a positive influence coming in with that sense of the mirror neurons. Help people mirror our positive attitude, our growth mindset. We need to have that to see what God can do through us and through the faith community that we're part of. That there is hope, there is more that God can bring through us. So to bring the shine of shine the light of something positive on where we are and not yet something even better. So being a positive force in a negative world, it's very possible. That's who we are called to be in the midst of all that is around us. And that's the power of God's love, being a positive force in a negative world. So go forth and be 
the positive, sharing God's love, and come back next week for another episode of The Tilted Halo. You have been listening to Tilted Halo with me, Kathleen Panning. What did you think about this episode? I'd really like to hear from you. Leave me some comments. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode. And catch another upcoming episode for more conversation on ministry, life, mindset, and a whole lot more. Go to www.tiltedhalohelp.com where I've got a resource guide and other resources waiting for you. And be sure to say hi to me, Kathleen Panning, on LinkedIn. See you on the next episode.